0: Welcome to Coach My Wellness, a weekly show dedicated to bringing you information about healthy habits and behaviors just for the health of it. Here's your hosts, Joanne and Tammy.
1: Welcome to Coach My Wellness, just for the health of it, with Joanne Orshan and Tammy St. Clair. You know, Joanne, with all the holidays here, some of the conversations that are going to be happening are probably pretty uncomfortable, you know, when. You're all sitting around the table and you're reaching for that second helping of stuffing or sweet potato pie or whatever. And someone says, do you really need that? Or you're getting another cookie or another slice of some kind of pie and everyone just kind of gives you the, the side eye. So we've got a couple, I know I've been working on a few responses for people to kind of draw that boundary and basically tell them to shut up. It's not their business. And I know that you've had some clients have discussions with this, about this with you. And I know that I've had client discussions and my own when I was actively losing weight, what people would say and things that I would say back to them. One of them, like I was completely not my usual self because I wanted to shut her down like immediately. So, so why don't you go ahead and start talking about yours and, and kind of what, what scenarios have you experienced? Well, you know, something so striking comes to mind.
2: And I just want to say that whether it's positive or negative, commenting on someone else's body is just inappropriate and can be incredibly hurtful. Mm -hmm. I had a client who had a very trying relationship with her mother-in-law for most of her adult married life. And a few years back, her father-in-law was ill. And she was also going through her own personal crises. She was caretaking for her own parents. She was struggling with losing her job. And of course, like many of us, she turned to food as the comfort. And she had put on probably around 25 pounds over... Period of time. And she was miserable with her body, how she looked, how she felt. And she was struggling so much to try and get some of the excess weight off and was just unable at that time. And what happened was that her father in law had suddenly passed away.
1: Oh.
2: So when her father in law passed away, the like couple of days later was the funeral. And what happened was that she put on a black dress that fit her, you know, in respect to go to the funeral. And they walked to the funeral home and met up with the mother-in-law who they hadn't seen in, I don't know, a couple of weeks. And here she is going to her father-in-law's funeral. And the mother-in-law looked at her and said, without any provocation or anything at all, just looked around and said, oh, I could see now what you meant when you were uncomfortable because you put some weight on. Ah! She was blown away. You know, I mean- can you imagine here? You're struggling. You have your own personal crisis going on and you're struggling with the loss of a very close, obviously, family member. And the mother-in-law gives her a comment like that. And she was so devastated and blown away that she couldn't even really focus on what was laid out in front of her, which was going to her father-in-law's funeral. Uh. And look, no one can really ever be sure what's going on in someone else's home behind their four walls. What's going on with someone's health status? Maybe they've lost or gained weight due to medications or an illness, or had gained weight during a pregnancy, or gone through some other change because of reasons that's really no one else's business. And a comment like that can be so devastating. And if you are the person who is giving that comment to somebody else, perhaps it's time for you to take ownership and think a little bit about the words that are coming out of your mouth, let alone being someone who's the recipient, recipient right. of something so incredibly cruel in my opinion.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's, it's really hard when you don't want to be just as nasty back to them, but it's really a time to tell them to MYOB. It's, it's not their business. Do you, what, do you know how she Put mother in law in place? Well, she really
2: didn't because, in hindsight, the situation was that mother in law was also going under her own level of duress Mm. and understanding what she was going through at the time. And I've always said that a tiger can't change its stripes. And if you have a toxic person in your life who you know is destined to say something whether it's intentional or unintentional that is hurtful to you if you can prepare yourself for knowing that scenario then it should not come as a surprise that it's coming your way <laughs> and we've all heard that saying having teflon skin letting it just kind of roll off when a comment brought, like that happens back. it look it's easier said than done we right. we both know that it's still so hurtful it's very, it's very hurtful. And it was just not the most appropriate scenario for confronting somebody or putting somebody in a place because the truth was it wouldn't have made a difference. It's who she was. She's elderly. Who even knows in her own state of her own mind that she even knew what she was saying. And even if she did, nothing was going to change. So it's also learning not to become emotionally hijacked If Mm. something negative comes at you or triggers you when someone talks about your body and figuring out a way to really do have that Teflon skin a little bit. And again, have that support system of people around you. But look, Tammy, you just never know how our words will affect somebody else.
1: That's so true. Thinking about this right after I had my bariatric surgery, I was consistently losing, but I had been practicing with a couple of people how to respond when someone would make either a negative comment about, oh, you had weight loss surgery. Oh, that's the easy way out, or or when they would say, Oh, should you be eating that with your surgery? So I'd been practicing with a, a few people on things to say. So that I was prepared because I knew that that was something that was going to happen. And at one point in my job, where I was working, this woman who was probably four foot 11 and 98 pounds, usually, made a comment. And maybe when she was pregnant, she said that she, she got to 115 or something like that. I mean, this is a very petite, small woman. And it was somebody's birthday. So they brought in brownies and cake and all that. So I was having a piece of brownie like everybody else. And she says, Tammy, should you be having that? And I was like, I cannot believe that you're saying this. And then she says, because didn't you have weight loss surgery? That was the thing that broke the camel's back right there. So one of my other co workers, Was walking down the hall towards me, and I said to her, Oh, so and so here thinks that I can't have this because she thinks I had weight loss surgery. I don't know who told her because I didn't say anything to her, and she thinks it's her business. But what I know is, as long as my surgeon's happy and I'm happy, it's nobody else's business on what I eat. And she was like, Oh, 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 she couldn't undo her harsh comment, fast enough, because it was really none of her business. And that was like the first time I had ever really kind of stood up for myself and was prepared to, what did you say? That's what I said. I was like, Oh, Sue here. She, she doesn't get it that what I eat or what I don't eat is none of her business. And as long as my surgeon's happy with my weight loss and I'm happy, that's all that matters. And then I said, and Oh, by the way, who said, who told you that I had weight loss surgery because I know I didn't tell you. So there were people that I had told, and there were other people that I didn't tell. And she was one that I didn't tell because she's very judgmental. And so she just, she turned red because she knew she was out of line, but I was learning how to draw that line and say, Hey, this is not your business. Don't go there. And then for the next year that I was still working there, she never made another comment about what I was eating, how much weight I had lost, nothing, which was just fine with me.
2: And yet I can imagine that in a situation like that, when someone is so out of line and makes a comment like that, whenever you're around them, you probably never ate another brownie in front of her. Yes. And that's the, That's the guilt piece. Or when someone calls you out on something, it's very challenging to get past that. And I think that there are some other kinds of comments that you could make, which might help. And it could be something such as, I prefer not to discuss my body or my body weight that feels really personal, or I feel Mm. uncomfortable talking about this, or please don't make comments about my body. You know, there's a way that you can put it back on someone that can call them out on the inappropriate comments that they made, yet that still doesn't alleviate the guilt that we might feel in our own sense of being shamed about our bodies and how we can just be comfortable with who we are, you know, it it makes me think it's, it's interesting. Um, For most of my adult life, my husband and I have traveled to a particular island in the Caribbean, uh, which happens to be a fantastic beach resort. And a lot of the client base that comes there are really from South America. Why do I say that? I say that because culturally, they're a little bit different than us. And I can't tell you how many times I'll be on the beach, walking on the beach, and there can be this extremely obese woman on the beach wearing a little thong bikini with absolutely no shame. And I sit there, and it's not as though I'm judging her, but I say, I'm envious that somebody can feel that free and comfortable with their body because we have been taught to hide and be embarrassed and shamed if we're not, if we're not like that.
1: Yeah. It's interesting how different places have, you know, just how they see people's, you know, their body, what makes them them. I know That even after I lost 110 pounds, I was still too heavy for some of the men when I would go out, but I, I was a whole lot smaller and I was probably a size 10 or 12 at that point. And now I'm a six or eight, maybe a 10, but you know, who wasn't at all like, oh, I'm still too big. Were the men from other countries. It's interesting, right? Especially the Caribbean. I had so many Caribbean men that were like, oh no, I'm like, oh, I'm still I'm still too fat. And they're like, no, you're not. You're just perfect. I'm like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Meanwhile, if I saw um a Caucasian man sitting there and was like, Oh, he's kind of cute, he would kind of look at me and roll his eyes and turn his back so he could talk to the size two skinny, tall you know, person, woman standing there. So I was like, okay, got the message. But then when you finally say you've been struggling and so you have decided that you're going to do some kind of a program or have surgery, things like that, then they feel, so first they feel comfortable making comments about your size, which is none of their business. Then And they figure that they're shaming you into doing something. So now you do something and then they comment about how much you're eating or how much you're not eating. And it's like, wait a minute. When I was having a second helping of everything, you were giving me nasty comments about, oh, should you be eating that much? And now that I'm not eating that much, now you're saying, oh, why are you eating so little? Why are you eating so little? I think you need some more here. Have some more, have some more. And what I figured out later after a long time at this was the secondary comments about how little I was eating was more about, it's always about them, but was more about them being ashamed of how much they had eaten. So they wanted me to eat more so that they weren't, they didn't have to feel ashamed or, or feel bad that they had two plates of of something when I was only having you know a a small salad plate
2: well just think about that if you go to a restaurant say you're going with a friend doesn't Mm -hmm. it feel a little bit different if you decide today that your personal preference is to kind of in quotes, pig out. But mm-hmm. if you have somebody doing that along with you versus somebody who's having, you know, maybe the grilled fish and the salad and you're sitting there eating the cheeseburger and onion rings and having the strawberry shortcake for dessert, mm-hmm. it, it always seems a little off balance. And, it, uh, you know, look, I, It's interesting. Holiday time specifically can bring up cravings. There's a lot of emotional components that happen and how much or how little you choose to eat is really a personal preference and it can fluctuate day to day. Mm -hmm. depends on your hormones, your age, your mood amongst a lot of other factors. Uh, This morning, for example, I am pretty regimented with how I choose to eat. That's just my own personal preference. And I had a very busy day yesterday. I didn't eat the way that I normally do. So I knew that my body was craving something. And I woke up this morning and I said, I need to make French toast today. Ooh. That I'm was very odd for me. House today. I, I haven't had French toast in probably close to a year, but it was one of those days that I just decided that I was having French toast today. And I would have been so angry if anybody in my household would have said one word to me or made a comment about the fact that I was having syrup and that I was having, you know, <laughs> French toast today. I know that sounds so silly, but just remember, I heard this comment oh so many years ago and it, it has really stayed with me. That it's not the one piece of cake, it's the rest of the cake. Right. And there is not one meal that will lead to instant weight gain. Just just remember that that if you choose to go off track Enjoy what you're going to have, but it's get back onto the train immediately. Have the tools that you need, because sometimes we just eat too much during the holiday season. It's the way that it
1: is. And I think that's the key to remember. And we start judging ourselves. So and sometimes we're the hardest judge. And once we have that one meal or that one day that's off, I mean, listen, we just got finished with Thanksgiving and now Christmas is coming but i remember something that you had said a while ago and something that my old leader in one of the diet programs that i was in had said and then one of the dietitians after i had surgery was very fond of saying and it's it's just that around thanksgiving around christmas she's like it's one day if on thursday you have whatever you want as much as you want but you limit it to thursday it's not going to do any harm. It's when that Thursday becomes Friday becomes Saturday becomes Sunday becomes Monday. That that's the problem. And that was hard because, you know, our society, what's the, what's the big meal that everybody's excited for after Thursday? It's, oh, the next day when you have leftovers and then the third day when you put everything between two slices of bread and have a sandwich of stuffing and everything, right? And so she's like, no, keep it to one day. Have whatever you want on Thursday, doesn't matter. Just make sure on Friday, whatever you normally have for breakfast, whatever you normally have for lunch, that's what you go back to having. And begin to challenge. And myself as a therapist, what I would tell you is, Begin to challenge that monologue that's in your head because it's only one person talking to you. It's not a dialogue between you and someone else in your head. It's between you and you. And to challenge that, that says, oh, I screwed up. I, I might as well just just take the whole weekend. I'll start again on Monday. Meanwhile, you've ha- you're going to have a weekend of feasting and you can say to yourself, like, no, Thursday was Thursday, and today is today, and I'm going back to having my normal, whatever my normal is. And well, then- the judgment can,
2: many times, it just starts within your own head. Mm-hmm. And you're right. What I've said before, Thanksgiving could be one day, maybe two, but it hopefully is not a six-week free-for-all until right. New Year's Eve. Because Mm -hmm. as we know, the average person can put anywhere between 8 and 12 pounds on within that holiday season. We've talked about that so Mm -hmm. many times. It's challenging. And yet there are other things that you can do. If somebody was to make a discussion to me, especially this morning when I was craving that French toast, I would have said something like, this is not up for discussion. Why would you say or ask me that?
1: Right. Because it's not.
2: Exactly. And yet, look, you could also say things that are a little more harsh and but if you not my feeling,
1: style. But if you were feeling guilty, even saying that, even saying, you know, it's not up for discussion, you might if you were already feeling guilty, you may not have even said that. You might have taken your French toast and been like, leave me alone and gone in the other room or shooed them out of the kitchen or or whatever.
2: Well, look, something more harsh could be, you know, I'm sure you're concerned about me, but my eating is none of your business. (laughs) That that's a that's a harsh comment. I think Mm -hmm. that there are other ways that you can advocate for yourself and be okay, but just get somebody to stop in their tracks and have perhaps somebody think a little bit about the words that come out of their mouth. Because Mm -hmm. there are so many unwanted comments about your dietary choices that nobody I guess has the right to say to you, but people are people and people will say certain things. And, and they it's think how they do. You, Yeah. And it's how you approach it and what you say back and how you can have again, that Teflon skin and let it roll off and just continue to do what it is that you're comfortable with since it's your body, your choice.
1: Mm-hmm. One of the things that I also work with people a lot is to get food out of the good food, bad food realm. Because I asked them, so since when did food have a moral value? When did it become a moral being? Oh, I like that. Food is food. There's some food that has more nutrients and less calories or energy, and some food that has more energy and less nutrients. But food is food. It's basically nutrients and energy. That's it. There's no moral thing to hang to hang on. And when you can move away from the idea of good, bad, healthy, unhealthy. Oh, I was bad. I had brownies. Oh, I was good. I had an apple. You know, it also allows you to change how you look at the rest of your eating day, how you look at the rest of the week. Because eating healthy does not mean that you're a more virtuous person or you're going to live a longer life. Like how many people do you know? And I know a couple of them that have been out running their, you know, 10 mile jog and have a heart attack while they're out there running. I know a couple. So like here are these skinny people that are doing everything that the doctors say, and they still have some tragedy. So. It's really learning how to set up those boundaries that I know you and I talk about and I talk with my clients about a lot. Having boundaries keeps us safe, right? Having boundaries doesn't allow, it helps to give us that Teflon skin. Because if you have a boundary, that Teflon skin is able to be there because you can then be able to say, oh, yeah, what, I, what I eat is not your business. You know, it's not up to you.
2: Look, I also have clients that have another scenario where they've said to me, well, I'm going to this person's home. It could be a family member or a friend, and this is what they make. And I know everything is their culture. It's fried fattening food, and it's really not in alignment with me. And I don't want to insult my host. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, I don't know anybody. If you were to approach the host privately prior to any holiday meal, or doesn't have mm-hmm. to be holiday, it could be any time you're invited over, you can say that you're just having some dietary restrictions and please make whatever it is that you're choosing. Um, and this is something that perhaps I can contribute that would more in alignment with what your diet is. Mm -hmm. And you can offer to assist the host by bringing a dish if you have a food intolerance or you just simply can't eat a specific food. And I don't know any host that wouldn't welcome that. Just remember, it's so important that you remember that you are entitled to eat whatever foods that you want. And similarly, you're entitled to celebrate Being a vegetarian instead of traditional meat dishes, if that's what you are. And it's just a matter of advocating for yourself Mm -hmm. and sticking with what you're comfortable with in alignment where you're not putting yourself in an uncomfortable position or the host in that place.
1: Right. I think, you know, one of the keys there is to communicate that with the host in private ahead of time, not showing up that day and saying, Oh, well, I can't really eat that because now the host feels bad or feels put on the spot because they have nothing for you. And meanwhile, you didn't bring anything for yourself, but I think you're right. And I think always bringing something that was one of the things that I learned was always bring something that you can, that you can eat. That's good for you. And we live in a time now where we can say, oh, I have an intolerance or have I have an allergy. And most people, you're right, most hosts or hostesses are, are very accommodating as much as they can, they can be.
2: So an example might be during Thanksgiving that say I was making a sweet potato pie that's got a lot of maple in it, maybe all those marshmallows on top, but somebody really loves sweet potatoes. What about just suggesting or asking whether the host could or whether you could bring just a regular baked sweet potato instead Mm -hmm. of having the sweet potato pie that's out there? Why wouldn't that be acceptable? Uh, When I make a holiday dinner, I'll always bake some Just plain baked potatoes, as well as some plain baked sweet potatoes, so that if someone doesn't want the mashed potatoes with Mm -hmm. gravy and butter on it, or the sweet potato pie with all the fixings on it, that they still can participate in the flavor and the feeling, but in a healthier way for them. Just some suggestions and things that you can try.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I know we're running short on time, and maybe we'll talk about this next one when we come back, but. I'm a single girl. I don't have a lot of people to cook for all the time. So I often you will use shortcuts to make things. So if you're, if you come to my house for Thanksgiving, you're getting stove top stuffing. That's been doctored up a little bit, put into the, into the bird, whatever, to make it a little bit better. Or you might get a mix of real mashed potatoes with some instant in there just to make more volume if i didn't buy enough real potatoes and i think sometimes there's people have these ideas of what's appropriate and oh you can't do that or you can't use those things but i think you know we have to begin to also allow people to host and contribute based on what they can do
2: To sum it up, Tammy, uh, I think that we've had some really great tips today. And in all of these scenarios, there are experts out there that recommend calling out food shamers and indicating that their comments are unacceptable and won't be tolerated is something that it's up to you to express and if somebody refuses to stop just leave the gathering Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what I would say anyway we're going to pick this up and continue in the second half of our recording this morning so thanks so much for joining us we'll be right back stay tuned this is Joanne with Tammy coach my wellness just for the health of it
0: Welcome to Coach My Wellness, a weekly show dedicated to bringing you information about healthy habits and behaviors just for the health of it. Here's your hosts, Joanne and Tammy.
1: So welcome back to Coach My Wellness just for the health of it with Joanne and Tammy. You know, we were talking about body shaming and food shaming and things like that. And what we left off with was someone shaming you because you're not bringing homemade something. And you're utilizing the shortcuts that have been created in our society to help us out. And here's the thing. I, as a single person, use shortcuts. I normally only cook for myself. I don't cook often, and after my weight loss surgery, I went from cooking things in sizes that would feed four or five people to now needing to cook things in sizes that are less than one, and so I often feel like even when you follow a recipe, it's minimum of two, and trying to make all the changes to cut everything in half is just more trouble than what it's worth. So be careful in how you talk to someone or shame the food that they made or comment on something. Because remember, they may also be, I know I mentioned it earlier, juggling more than one job. At one point for me personally, I was working on my master's, working a 40 hour week and seeing private clients on as well. So that was another 15 hours. I didn't have time to slave for four hours over some meal. So just be careful when you don't want to be one of the shamers when someone is putting their heart and soul into showing you love by making a meal. And so many times, like I remember my grandmother would make comments about when someone would bring a pre-made dish or, or they would go to the store and buy the pumpkin pie. And she would say something like, oh, well, I make my own. It's like, well, great. You can take the time to make your own, but that's not everybody. So I know we had come up with some other things to talk about, Joanne. So why don't you pick up on that? Okay.
2: Well, just remember that food shaming, body shaming isn't always so direct that there are times that people make comments or even you make a comment, which has an underlying tone, but it's really giving the same message. So I was reading an article online and I'm just going to read a couple of these scenarios that were listed here from, you know, another health coach, which I thought was interesting. Some of the comments that she had compiled from some of her clients. So let's see if any of our listeners can relate to this. So think about this. You're at a holiday feast and your husband's grandmother offers you a slice of pie. You're already quite full from supper. So you pass when she pipes back. What's wrong with you? You're so skinny. Here, take a big piece. We're all having pie. Ah. That could be body shaming or food shaming in a very indirect, loving way. Or how about this one? You're out for dinner with your spouse and another couple, and you're trying to make healthier choices. So you order a chicken salad without the salad dressing when your partner orders the fries, you give him the evil eye, jump <laughs> on his toe and then jokingly rub his belly and say, don't do it. You're getting
1: fat. Oh, that's so horrible. Isn't that horrible? And but yet people will do that. And I'm sure that there are spouses that will do that to their husbands. Yes. <laughs>
2: or vice versa. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or how about this? You're at a family barbecue and you're helping yourself to a slice of your aunt's brownie truffle which is the one you wait for all year long. And your mom leans over, motions to your hips and says something like, do you really need that much? (laughs) Or uh, perhaps you're in a grocery store and you're picking up your organic gluten-free granola and you see a visibly overweight woman lifting two liter bottles of soda onto the conveyor belt and a tub of no-name ice cream. And at first you think, oh, how could she not even try to lose weight? Her poor kids are going to end up just as bad as her if she keeps feeding them with such crap. Mm. See, so you're making judgments, even though you're not necessarily saying it to somebody the Mm -hmm. thoughts that you have in your own head get translated in very different ways to Mm -hmm. other people. Uh, There are just a couple of others. Uh, Say you're out for brunch with the girls when you have a desire or craving for the pecan salad until all of your girlfriends say, you're a diet Debbie Downer because you're not splurging with them. That's what I said earlier about it's sometimes mm-hmm. more fun when you're going off track to have other people off track with you. That's and right. then you quickly
1: change your order to match their burgers and their shakes. right? We've all been there. Which is why it's always best to order first, first so that you're setting the tone on the order and not getting dragged along by their tone setting. Um. Uh-huh.
2: How about you see an old friend who might be in a late pregnancy state and your first instinct is to rub her belly followed by a comment like, are you having twins? You look like you're ready to pop. Oh my God. Right. You know, yesterday, I don't mean to go off track here, but I had a scenario that happened yesterday. I was in a store and a woman walked in. She had to be I'm telling you, she was in her mid-60s. And if I didn't see her face and I didn't know any better, I would think that this woman was pregnant. She just had that type of belly. Mm -hmm. And I stopped dead in my tracks because i it was just so, the visual piece was just so out of whack. And I said to myself, is this woman pregnant or she must be having some kind of a medical issue? I was perplexed. Mm -hmm. But just the fact that I even thought about that Right. This really is not in alignment with what we're trying to coach here. So I think that sometimes you just can't help yourself from making comments to your own self about the perceptions you have on other people. Just remember, if you're doing that to other people, people are doing that to you. And either way, it just doesn't feel so good.
1: Right. And, you know, it's funny because at some of the scenarios you were reading, I'm like, oh, I've done that. Oh, I've thought that. Oh, I've looked at someone and thought that so just because we're we're also working on our own empathy and our own skill set because these are the things that are sort of so ingrained in our society to be so critical and judgmental you know and just working on it we can all get better nobody's going to ever be perfect but we can all work to get better
2: right well the recurring theme here is that all of the examples I gave before are really examples of food and body shaming. And the food and body choices of the people around us likely don't have an impact on us, but we tend to take it really personally when they don't coincide with our own. So I can tell you that in some of the Weight management groups that I coach. Once we get to a place where the group is really sailing along and they're working to make healthier choices and changes, one of the things I've always said, and this is for years, is let's see what happens now when you go out to a restaurant. You can't help but notice what people around you are consuming. Mm -hmm. And the trick is to take away the judgmental part of that. You understand? You know, it's like you can look and you could say, wow, that might not be the healthiest choice. But then when your mind starts to go down the road of all of the other things, because it's not in alignment with, you happen to be at this moment, you start making judgments about maybe what kind of person that they are, the impact that they're having on other people, how unhealthy it is. And oh boy, if they were like more like me and really focused on this, they'd have a better chance at greater health and
1: wellness. It just goes on and on and on. Right, and I don't know anyone not one person who changes their behavior in a positive way because of our criticism. That's right. right? When I was 290 pounds and someone would make a critical comment like that, my reaction was usually, oh, well now I'm really going to have it just to make you mad because clearly you couldn't control yourself to not make such a comment to me. So it's never, it's never a positive thing. And yet we do it so easily and so quickly that we're not even thinking about it. Especially like when you have someone who today is like, oh, come on, come on, Joanne, we're out, order, order dessert, have dessert with me. And then tomorrow it's like, you're really ordering dessert again today. It's like when I'm the initiator, then I want you all to be on board with me. But when you're the initiator, it's like, oh, now I can be critical. And you, that's what you said earlier. You know, we we have these ideas about when we can do things, when we can say things, all of that stuff. And it's just it just makes for difficult relationships because now maybe I'm not going to go out to lunch with you anymore if you are making comments.
2: Well, what do you think some of the reasons are that people do respond that way out of their own insecurities and how they perhaps feel about themselves? Do you think it's
1: jealousy? Well, sometimes they're jealous because they would like to eat all those things or how they're feeling about their own body. And it's it always goes back to how we feel about ourselves. and. Well, I think you so- hit the
2: nail on the head before because what you had talked about earlier is people try to justify their own unhealthy relationship with food. Mm-hmm. And that's where I would think that it's probably the most common reason for food and body
1: shaming. Right. And you know, there people are trapped in their own cycle of fruitless dieting. I mean, that's why people come to us is to get out of that cycle and instead of fruitless dieting, that they develop a lifestyle, that they learn how to combat some of the thoughts and things that go into it and learn how to make those choices. Another thing is people think that their health goals are everyone else's health goals. Well, I'm trying to lose weight, so everyone else should be trying to lose weight. Or I'm trying to control my blood pressure or my diabetes, so everybody else needs to be doing that too.
2: Well, that becomes very tricky. I have several clients, um, one in particular that I'm working with right now, and she has a significant amount of weight to lose. She does. She's really been struggling for a lot of her life and she's got some health challenges and she's very committed to making some changes and choices. And the challenge that she faces is that she wants to make healthier choices at home and she's getting a lot of resistance from the rest of her family. Mm-hmm. So I said to her, well, if you were to have a talk with your husband about, and he obviously knows how hard you're working on this, that it would be helpful to you for him not to bring the pecan pie into the house and have it sitting out on the countertop. Mm -hmm. what do you think that he would say about that and she said well I've tried to talk to him and even though I know he does support me he made a comment to her such as well just because you're trying to lose weight doesn't mean the rest of us need to and why should he not have the things that he wants in other words she needs to deal with all of these foods around her that are triggering and not helpful for her. So it's a very challenging way at times within a family scenario to get everyone on board especially if there are a lot of family and cultural differences as far as the types of food that are
1: made in the home. Right. And and I think sometimes learning how to ask for that support is also a key issue because we don't all always feel like we're worthy of that support or we're worthy to be able to ask so having the ability to maybe change how she asks her husband to not bring that pecan pie into the house and be like somehow convey that I struggle with it and I know you support me and I know you love me if you want to have it, I'm okay with that, but please just don't have it here here at home or if you do have it, put it away in a cabinet where I can't see it. Um, So what do you do
2: when you also have a lot of kids running around and the kids tend to want to have some of those unhealthy snacks around that are very challenging for somebody?
1: That's when, when you have like the kid's closet and their unhealthy snacks are there, you keep them there and you... A, do a little bit of work trying to introduce healthier things, but B, you also put them in a place where they can get to them and you don't have to see them every day.
2: Well, one Um, of the things that I did in our home many years ago when I... Decided to make some changes for myself as far as healthier eating and trying to bring that into my family was that on my kitchen countertop, I always have a bowl of fruit. And that was something that was new. And what was interesting was that I can't keep up with how much demand there is for people grabbing the apple or the peach or the pear Mm. or the banana, Um, unlike going into the cabinet and pulling out the box of chips or drinking juice boxes. And that was a subtle change that I made. And it just goes to show that if you make it available you may have some takers to make different choices also my kids when my kids were going to school when they came home from school on my kitchen table every day i had a crudite sitting out with a uh, like yogurt type of dressing mm-hmm. and when they came in this way they would grab a vegetable a carrot stick, a piece of celery, a pepper, instead of going into the closet and trying to just grab the bag of chips.
1: Right. Because we will grab whatever's easiest because when our body is signaling to us that it needs nutrition, we will take whatever is there because, you know, eating is a natural response to a physiological need. And so that's why some of the tricks of having The healthier food in the front of the refrigerator on top, on the top shelf, so that when you open it, that's what you see. And the unhealthier things that you may have there for the kids, or even things that you like, but you've decided that you're only going to have once this week or twice this week on the bottom and in the back. So you really have to look for things. It's sort of the concept of. Out of sight, out of mind.
2: Well, look, body shaming is just a problem. And personally, as someone who has really spent the greater part of my adult life in being more mindful with the choices that I make and working on my own personal relationship with food, I can tell you that innocent comments, such as some of the ones that we mentioned before, really hurt and can throw me off my game. And I just have to say that it is just not okay.
1: Yeah, because comments always just sometimes pierce through our armor and go right to the heart of of our own insecurities and everything. But, you know, sometimes it's, it's as simple as taking into account that there may be other things going on. So, you know, you may have put on that black dress last night and gone to that party and thought you looked magnificent. And then you come home and you're taking it off. And all of a sudden you have this thought about, oh my God, I look so fat. Oh my God, my belly's pooching out. Oh my goodness. I can't believe I wore this. And I don't really look as good as I thought I did. But learning how to be, to understand that our bodies are constantly in flux. Sometimes our hormones will cause us to bloat and hold water. Sometimes some of the food that we ate or drinks that we had will cause some of those things. So it's about learning how to have. A right kind of perspective about yourself and about the foods that you're eating, and learning that everything you can have, everything as long as it's in moderation. And I know we hear that and we think, oh my God, there's no moderation. But there really is when you take away the good, bad. I mean, we talked about this earlier the idea of good food, bad food. When you take that away and you just see food as food, you also remove. Some of the drive to have the bad food because you're feeling down, or to sneak the bad food that you consider bad. If anybody can see me, I'm having air quotes around bad because it's a way of punishing yourself for something that you think you did or that you're feeling bad about. You know, so learning how to how to refrain from making negative food comments yourself about yourself is a way to start learning how to refrain from making those comments to others about their own eating patterns.
2: Yeah. I I love this next piece, Tammy. I'm going to quote some people here that these were some dietitians who had these amazing ideas on some easy responses and strategies when someone makes a comment about what you're eating or your body. I think some of these are fantastic. Some are funny. Some are a little harsh, but let let me just read some of these because maybe it's something you want to implement into your discussions with other people. How about um someone makes a comment. Isn't it great that I can intuitively give my body what it needs and not have to base my choices on other people's views?
1: <laughs> that's uh, a good that's a good know your place and you need to get back into your place because it's not here.
2: <laughs> right. I happen to love this one. It says you mind your own plate and I'll mind mine.
1: Uh-huh. That's really Thank good. Thank you, Jenna.
2: <laughs>
1: that's really good. So you might find that restriction and dieting works for you, but listening to my body and finding pleasure in food has been really successful for me, both for my physical and emotional health goals. And, and thank you, Abby, for that one. And that's, that's really great when you're working with people and you're learning to become a mindful eater, because it allows you to be in the present moment. And being satisfied and really choosing to key into what it is that you are wanting and not feel bad that you want that.
2: This is hilarious. And I can imagine this would really have somebody stop dead in their tracks. It's, I think, my favorite of all of them. And it would be the comment I hadn't realized you looked at my body so closely. <laughs> Isn't that hysterical? But you see, that's an interesting way to kind of take the nastiness out of coming back at somebody to point out that they've said something inappropriate,
1: in my Mm -hmm. opinion. What about, I like this one. Oh, I didn't know we were critiquing what everyone is eating and their weight. Who would you like me to start with? (laughs) (laughs) How about, how about
2: well, that was rude, and then just go back to eating as though if nothing was said. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a kind of response that will give the person a very strong hint about what they're saying is offensive or inappropriate, but it won't make a huge scene at the dinner table. And I've done that one myself before. It works as a
1: little bit of a quick fix.. Mm-hmm. how about how about this one? Why? What's wrong with c- having carbs or gluten or coffee or sugar or whatever? And this works best when you're dealing with someone who you know really doesn't have the knowledge and they can't really argue back with you. They just know that they heard it on Dr. Oz or they heard it, you know on TV on some program. Oh, having this is bad. Because and having that wide eyed look, oh, why? Why shouldn't I have this? Because you know that they're going to be like, oh, blah, 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 blah.
2: (laughs) And this was from Mark Twain. He's and this is such a great quote. He says, Everything in moderation, even moderation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Nice, a nice little twist on what I usually tell everybody. Exactly, anything you want, as long as it's in moderation even moderation. Mm -hmm. And then how about, I'm pretty lucky that I could eat according to my body's cues and not be influenced by what others are doing or saying. Thanks Sarah for that one.
2: Yeah, you know, look, regardless of which end of this conversation you end up on, it's important to keep in mind that our bodies and our food are very personal. And to take ownership and think about not only what someone might be saying to you, but think about the thoughts that you have in your head and what you project to other people.
1: And just remember that when you're making choices about food, those choices are really yours and yours alone. And it's never your responsibility to make someone else happy with what you're eating. If they can't find happiness in their own choices, there's pretty good evidence that they're not going to find happiness in yours.
2: Look, if you know beforehand that there's going to be some trouble, just plan ahead. That's what we talked about earlier today. And don't be surprised at the naysayers who will naysay something to you. But if you can, try and speak to that relative or a friend who'll be at the event that you're having and who's willing to jump in and defend you. And if that's not an option, get on the phone or even text someone who's in your corner who gets you. And prepare that person so they know that you might be getting in touch with them. And why? Because venting to someone about a bad situation while it's happening can help to diffuse your anger and give you some much needed support.
1: I think always having that ally, even if that, that person is there works to your advantage because then they can also jump in and say and come up with a comment to support you. Oh, I think it's great that she's doing this or that he's doing that. Now you don't feel alone. And the person doing the criticizing sees that "Hmm, maybe I'm the one that's a little bit odd here. If the person I made the comment to is okay. And someone else is defending them. I might be the one that's out of line. Look, just because somebody says
2: something to you about yourself, it doesn't mean that it's true. In fact, your words should never be dictated by the inappropriateness of others, or even the cruelty of others. So please don't internalize and believe what you hear. And I know how hard it is, but if someone says something rude to you, it's easy to convince yourself that their opinion is how the world really sees you, which is not always true. And it's always important to remember that food shaming and body shaming comments are not about you. It's really about the person that's making them.
1: hmm And what they lead to is simply more food shaming and body shaming. And ultimately they can lead to an eating disorder of some sort. And you don't want to feed into that with people because those are really hard to get out of and learning that what you eat and how you eat is really up to you and not up to them. And as long as your doctors, your medical professionals are happy with you, then it's no one else's business. And if we all work together, we can stop food and body shaming and and settle much more easily into our healthy and happy relationships with our bodies ourselves and food. And
2: hey, it's okay to feel what you're feeling. The person who did this to you was a bully and out of line. Mm. 100%. So, we're going to end here today and we want you to thank you so much for listening to us and we hope that You have taken some of what we talked about today and empower yourself to feel better about who you are and sail forward during this holiday season and beyond. So we'd like to thank you for listening to Coach My Wellness just for the health of it with Joanne Orshan and Tammy St. Clair. Please join us on Thursday evenings at 8 p.m. on our Instagram live at Coach My Wellness underscore CMW. Also, please subscribe to our newsletter on our website, which is coachmywellness.com. We look forward to talking with you in future episodes of Just for the Health of It. Have a great holiday season and beyond.
1: Bye.
0: You've been listening to Coach My Wellness. For more information about healthy habits and behaviors, visit our website at coachmywellness.com and follow us on Instagram at coachmywellness underscore CMW for weekly live streams Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. We hope to see you there.